to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm zach and i'm czar all right so a couple things before we get started today first of all do not be alarmed but i did have surgery the other day a little invasive but um i just wanted to give a quick <laughs> just a little <laughs> just a little if you're really that curious hit me up on twitter but i'm not gonna get into it here um, <laughs> i just wanted to give a shout out to czar for editing my episode uh thank you buddy and i love you You're welcome. And also, we've got the holidays right around the corner. Uh, So we are not going to be doing any uh, secondary episode this week, really. We're going to be doing just a little updates episode, talk about some Christmas shenanigans we're going to be getting into, but nothing too fancy. So we hope you have a great holiday as well, because that's what we're planning on doing. Yeah. Zach, what are you doing for the holidays? Well, JP, I was going to go to Florida, but you know, COVID. And so I'm just chilling at home and I'm going to be FaceTiming my family. So I'll let you know how terrible that goes. We'll see how it ends up. LOL. <laughs> what about you, Zara and JP? Well, um, I think we might spend a couple days with my wife's family, but not too long. Other than that, we're pretty much doing what you're doing, Zach. We're just staying home and FaceTiming people. <laughs> I'm actually I'm pretty lucky that my family is here in Omaha and that I live with my parents because I'm a stupid college kid and I'm broke and have no money and nobody likes me. Hey, you're just a product of this generation. Hey, Hey, (laughs) aren't we all? (laughs) So, yeah, nothing too fancy. Just going to stay home, eat some Christmas cookies, watch some horrible Hallmark movies because my mom loves them. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. But In true holiday spirit, we've got another episode of the podcast today. We're going to talk about some news and have ourselves a good time. Who wants to do itinerary? You do, JP. When's the last time you did itinerary? Can you even say itinerary in a sentence? Um. Anyway. (laughs) Time to deflect. (laughs) Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about cyberpunk news and buildup. We're going to be talking about Mass Effect bringing in the A-team. We're going to be talking about LOL MMOs. <laughs> We're going to be talking League about... League of Legends, JP. God. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I thought it was laughing out loud. I thought it was the newest song by LMFAO. <laughs> I'm surrounded by a bunch of morons. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even like League of Legends. All right. We're going to be talking about League of Legends MMO. We're going to be talking about Halo 360 Bye Bye. And then we're going to bring in a new part of the show that's probably going to be a permanent thing called Zach's Hot Takes, where he gives just short takes on some articles that are worth mentioning, but did not require us to go in depth about. And finally, we're going to do some game releases. I think that sounds like a great episode. So what do you say we get started, boys? Let's go. We got a packed episode today. Sure do. All right. Game on. Game on. Nani? Nani? (laughs) Nani? 
<laughs> I still can't get that Pikachu out of my head when he saw Sephiroth. <laughs> Naughty. I love the idea of these little like characters in Smash, like all of them are just going, holy shit, it's Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> Sephiroth. All right. So first of all, we're going to start talking about some cyberpunk stuff because um, this game has had a lot of things going on with it lately. So let's start by talking about the, oh, you know what? I think I clicked on the wrong article. Wasn't there an article that used to be linked when it said cyberpunk and stuff? I thought so. Yeah, man, you should get on that script guy, man. He really drops the ball sometimes. Oh, just click. It's under itinerary. Oh, my bad. I was like, I just saw it last night. (laughs) Where'd it go? All right. So this article is coming to us from Salal Awan at TwistedVoxel.com. So Salal, you're the man. Uh, The article is entitled cd project red the cost of patching cyberpunk 2077 is irrelevant we have made a promise to gamers so getting into the article a little bit here cd project red is fully committed to resolving any issues with cyberpunk 2077 they have recently talked about fixing the issues with the console version in an unscheduled conference call after the launch of the game cfo of cd project red what is this name (laughs) are you guys seeing this name (laughs) Holy shnikes. Okay. Um, um, wow. I'm going to post this on Twitter because I feel like a jerk and I need to give credit where it's due. Right now, let's just call him the CFO of Project Red. <laughs> Somebody help us with pronunciation. Oh, my God. Okay. So, anyway, he talked about the cost of patching Cyberpunk 2077. When he was asked about how much CD Project Red will spend to fix the game so that it is in a playable state, he gave the following reply. Unfortunately, I cannot share the cost related to additional work, but the cost of patching the game is irrelevant compared to what we have already spent. So there's no question. We definitely want to fix the game. We made a promise to gamers and we'll be doing everything to stick with it. Okay, so I've got a few things to say regarding that. But first of all, I do want to give a hat hat tip to CD Projekt Red on this one because... The biggest comparison I've had for the bugginess and the glitchiness of Cyberpunk 2077 has genuinely been Skyrim. And when the bug, you know, when Skyrim came out and everyone was memeing the hell out of all the bugs that were in that game, you know, (laughs) Bethesda was just kind of like lols. Yeah, they embrace all of their flaws. It's what makes them great. Yeah, but what's confusing to me is so did the fans. Even the fans were like, isn't this funny? But then with Cyberpunk 2077, for some reason, it's inexcusable. And I just... I think that's more reflective of the game producers, well, the game companies that are producing these games. Like, it's pretty much expected that Bethesda games are broken and people enjoy tearing them apart for how broken they are. Right. CD Projekt Red was expected to drop something that was just a pristine gem. Yeah. And And that's that's just expectations not meeting reality. I guess that's a good point. And, you know, the other part of it is the studio themselves, which is a little bit of what they're talking about here. CD Projekt Red hasn't been around for very long. And right now they've only got two like huge IPs, which is the Witcher series and now Cyberpunk 2077. So, you know, Bethesda kind of had the credibility to go in there and like they had the, you know, stereotypical Bethesda game where it was going to be buggy and weird at the launch of the title anyway, whereas CD Projekt Red really took it more to heart. Um, But anyway, that kind of goes into a little bit of what this article is talking about. Like, first of all, big shout out to 
you know, the guys at CD Projekt Red and the cyberpunk team who want to rectify the situation for the game, because that's the unique situation that Cyberpunk 2077 is in right now is like, let's say you bought the game for PC. Yeah, the game has a good amount of bugs there. Nobody's denying that. But also it really looks really, really good. You know, bugginess aside, if you've got a decent processor and graphics card in your PC, the game does look phenomenal. Now, flip that over to the console side of things where, you know, if you bought this game for the PlayStation 4 base model or the Xbox One um, X, it's been a night and day difference where I know many people who have returned the console version of the game because it looks like duty. Yeah, basically the previous gen console got left behind in the making of this game. And like all of the next gen, the Series X and the PlayStation 5s, they're still seeing some problems, but they're more on par with the PC version where they're Mm -hmm. not suffering as much. But no, if you're playing on a past gen console, I wouldn't even bother with this game. And it came to a point, actually, uh, where Cyberpunk actually had to put it out on the PlayStation side of their own hardware, because I don't know if you've heard about this, but Cyberpunk 2077 was taken off of the PlayStation Store until further notice, because too many people have been asking for refunds for their money. So they took it off the store until CD Projekt Red can indefinitely fix at least most of the issues the game is having so that this doesn't keep happening. You know, I don't know if I have ever seen a title pulled from Xbox or PlayStation just because of refunds. It's bananas, man. You know, the game, no matter how it's going to end up being received in general, how the game's going to be received. This is just such a crazy, weird situation that's going to go down in history. Oh, yeah. Like this, we we said that this game was going to be notorious and quite possibly even infamous. So to, and here it yeah. gets pulled off of a major platform. So to go back to the CFO's quote, we definitely want to fix the game. We made a promise to gamers and we're doing everything to stick with it. With Cyberpunk, half of it is the money situation. But I mean, I also have no doubt in my mind that, you know, based on the history of what the team's been like and the type of products that they've been pushing out, these guys genuinely feel like they've let some people down from the way this game is received. And they really, really want to fix it, you know, not just for the sake of the game's legacy and their own legacy, but also because they really care about the gamers. And I think that's pretty noble. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I just, it's exactly what you said. It's one of the biggest launches of all time and it has failed to live up to demand on every front. And I'm excited that uh, next week, next episode, when we have this, we'll have someone who's beaten Cyberpunk on. And um, him and JP will kind of be giving us their thoughts on the versions they played um, and how this game is still a great game. It has just been optimized terribly, whether that's due to COVID, time constraints, people just wanting money faster and they thought they could patch this quicker. D all um, of the above. <laughs> D all <laughs> the above. Um, there's a lot to dissect here. And I think this is going to be a talking point for generations after generation, uh, for generations of gaming, as far as it goes. Console generations, not people generations, but yeah. My grandpappy talked about cyberpunk. <laughs> this is going to be a what not to do kind of situation. Very well put. And yeah, so in summary, like 
CD Projekt Red, like the whole launch has been nothing short of a mess. I am glad to see that they want to rectify the situation, not just for, you know, the bottom line, but also because they feel like they owe something to the gaming community and them being such a new studio. I don't doubt that their intentions are pure. You know, they really do feel like they want to give back to the gaming community as much as they can with this game. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, so I guess, you know, we just got to be patient here. They are going to try to rectify it. And they're a good company for addressing this and like actively seeking to correct these errors. Like good on CD Projekt Red. Keep up the good work. And I'm being a little vague with some of this because uh, we're going to have a lot more to say when we actually cover this in a full length episode. So for now, I think that's all the information I'm going to give. And uh, it looks like we've got an article next that fits into Zars department. Yeah, we get to talk about some Mass Effect news. All right. Tread lightly here with Mass Effect or else you'll upset Peaches. Uh Oh, not Peaches. <laughs> not Peaches. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, so this article is coming to us from GameJet.com and is written by Kevin Smith. So thank you so much, Kevin. And we basically got an all-star starting playlist for the new Mass Effect game. And they got some big hitters returning to work on this, this project. And I am so excited. Do tell. So just to start at the article, um, this is a quote coming from the series director, Casey Hudson, who we talked about a couple episodes ago. We can't wait to continue our adventure together, revisiting our favorite memories in the Mass Effect universe and creating brand new ones. And then went on to uh, talk about all of the people who are on board with this. So I'm going to throw a list of names out at you and hopefully I don't fuck any of them up. But here's what who they are and what they're doing. So first, we got Derek Watts, who was the original art director for the series. That's already a very good sign, to be honest with you, because if there's the art in Mass Effect, at the very least, is beautiful. So. Oh, yeah. Beautiful game. It's even better because most of these people were the OGs that worked on the Mass Effect series. So we're getting experience just launching us forward into this new story. Right on. Next on the list, we have Parish Lay, who was an OG cinematic director. We got Brennan Holmes, who worked on Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and Boulder's Gate. Wow. Yeah. And last but not least, we have Dusty Ederman, Everman, which is a little bit weird. I'm not sure what he's doing. They hyped him up a ton but apparently he left the studio five years ago and they pulled him back in just to work on this project. Okay. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's just telling you how much expectation and how much faith that Bioware has in this project. And Oh, I am so excited. So I know that a lot of time when there's sequels, whether it's games or movies or anything, different directors who have different visions where the series is supposed to go can often lead to a lot of, you know, uh, different pathways that can make fans of the franchise a little bit upset. So, Zara, upon reading more about all these returning names and faces to a franchise that you love, does it give you a lot of faith that this next iteration of the series is going to be pretty good? 110% it does. Like getting all of these previous people who have worked on it 
it's going to feel like Mass Effect again. And I am, I'm just so excited and really, really weird that we're getting all of this news so early, just after the speculation of not getting any news for a couple of years on this title. Well, speculation is not always 100% right. And I don't know, like, it's actually making me excited how excited that they are to bring Mass Effect back. Because, I mean, when was the last time they had an original Mass Effect title? Was it Andromeda? Andromeda was the very last title, yes. And when did that come out? Um, I think right at the start of the Xbox One. So that would have been what, like 2013, 2014? Yeah, somewhere in that avenue, because I'm pretty sure that all the original trilogy of Mass Effect was on the Xbox 360. But Andromeda was not a launch title for the Xbox One, but close to. Well, I know there's a lot of huge Mass Effect fans out there, and I have not I have not begun my journey into Mass Effect yet. But what I do understand from other fans reactions is that Andromeda was a little underwhelming. Hey, I think it's great. I like my Mass Effect jumping. Hey, that and that's totally okay. That's just like the general vibes that I've been getting. In fact, <laughs> in fact, of you know, that's basically what I've been getting from like more of like the online community around Mass Effect. But what's funny is that like the personal fans that I know have disagreed with those sentiments, like people like you and even Peaches, who thought there was a lot of fun to be had with Andromeda. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's really funny that you bring up Andromeda because I found a little fun tidbit um, elsewhere on the Internet that a report from Kotaku revealed that the poor performance of Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem caused the first iteration of this new Mass Effect title to be just to be taken out of production. Like they lost funding for it. Wow. Yeah, because of how bad that Andromeda and Anthem did. Huh. So us us even seeing a fifth Mass Effect title is just miraculous. I, I, dude, like I said, there's so many loyal fans to this game that like, to me, it's not that surprising. It was just more a matter of when than if. But I think, you know, it's kind of like, hey, we've got a brand new console generation in front of us. Let's give this a go again and make something special. And I think they're already on the right track by bringing back all of this talent that's already worked on the game and had the vision of where they want the series to go. I really think they're going to create something that makes the fans giddy. Yeah, they're doing a great job hyping this game up, even without giving any information. We don't even have a title for this game. Oh, it'll probably be Mass Effect 5. I guarantee it, because the one time they deviated away from the number system is when things started to go downhill. Yeah, that that makes sense. But yeah, and I mean, um, Andromeda didn't even take place uh, around Shepard. So for all intents and purposes, it could even be Mass Effect 4. So the last question I have is like, for listeners out there who are like me, who haven't played Mass Effect yet, what we've talked about, they've probably heard the hype. They've probably heard about what we've talked about and what we've said about the games. If they really wanted to give Mass Effect a try from themselves, and I know we've discussed this in a previous episode, what do you think the best thing to do is? Do you think you could pick up on the series where it starts at uh, the newest Mass Effect games? Should they start where it all began? What are you thinking? Well, in your, I, in your opinion, in my opinion, I'm a bleeding heart classic 
So I feel like you got to start from the first game and work your way through the series. However, I can see that you could jump on board just straight from the second game because that's when the story really picks up. Most of the story from the first game doesn't matter, but does play into the future story. But really, the only deeply connected games are two and three. I definitely wouldn't start the series with three. You're going to have no idea what the fuck is going on. And with all of the improvements and upgrades and weapons that they add from the third one, you'll never go back and play the second. Although I would say the second is still my favorite in the series. Yeah, right on. That This all makes me so excited. And if nothing else, because I'm not a big fan of the series yet, because I haven't gotten started. Just oh, to you see gotta. How, I know I do, but <laughs> my backlog. Priorities, brah. I mean, right now I'm in the middle of Cyberpunk 2077, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Doom Eternal. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of helpings on your plate. It is. And, you know, because of recovering from the aforementioned surgery, I've had a little bit more time and it's, you know, I'm done with my semester of grad school. So I've had a little bit more time on my plate, but still, that's a good amount of stuff to do. JP's got stuffs to do. I've got stuffs to do. I'm just one man. Responsibilities suck. All right. Our- so this game is coming out in 2030. Like when, when are we thinking? This game? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'd say 2030. It'll be it'll be on the next two future console generations mass effect 2077 (laughs) (laughs) that's probably when it'll come out (laughs) and speaking Uh, of 2077 please don't rush this game take your time with it oh absolutely (laughs) you if there's one thing you don't want to do it's piss off the mass effect fans how are mass effect games when it comes to bugs um they're they've got their share um they're more clunky bugs and a little bit creepy because uh, Bioware has a lot centered around dialogue in their games. So you get the awkward, creepy stalker Shepard in a lot of cutscenes where you will initiate dialogue with somebody and Shepard will just stand there making weird faces at them until the game catches up and actually starts the dialogue sequence. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and it's like in cutscene form too. So you're just like glued on Shepard's face as he's going through a range of emotions. It's like existential crisis, Shepard. All right. Well, I think that is our Mass Effect fix for the day. Zach, we've got a little League of Legends news. Uh, What's going on? LOL, MMO. It's gross, JP. It's really gross. So basically, what's going on, guys, is that League of Legends is. Not officially confirmed, but albeit everything but official confirmation, shooting for an MMO. Ooh. And basically, this is coming to us from a tweet from Ghostcrawler. For those of you that don't know, Ghostcrawler is famous for being a lead system designer in the World of Warcraft team from patches the beginning all the way until patch 5.4. If that's not a credible source, I don't know what is. Um, and he's been with League of Legends since 2014, 2015-ish. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is really neat about this news is that he is really excited to get back onto it. He was definitely burnt out of WoW at the time. He's a very vocal designer. And so he would tweet out what he was doing and you knew he was getting kind of burnt out when he would start trolling the fans back. Like, I mean, the internet's full of trolls. And so he would troll them back and he kind of had like a love hate relationship with the community because, you know, like, you know, if you gave him shit, he'd give you shit back basically. 
Right. Um, so he wasn't always the most mature, but he was a good guy and he knew what to do. Um, he was with with WoW during his most successful period. Um, and he left the whole the, before the whole World of the Draenor debacle. Um, so, yeah. I think what neat is his tweet. Um, he's like, I have news. My recent job at Riot has been to develop the League universe, which we're going to need because it is time. My new job is to kick off a big, some might say massive, <laughs> foreshadowing, game that <laughs> many of you and many writers have been asking us to create. DS, we're hiring. Ooh. Yeah, um, rioters are what you call people who uh, play League of Legends, I guess. Um, I wonder if they need someone with a construction management degree. Probably. And also, League <laughs> of Legends is terrible. Um, so, I don't know about you, JP. So, that brings me to some questions for you, Zach, because the truth is, I know next to nothing about League of Legends. I know it's extremely popular. I know it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, esports game around. But... How do you feel about the world getting its own MMO adaptation since you're our official MMO expert? I'm excited. Uh, I think you need competition. There hasn't been a good MMO since Final Fantasy 14. Will you actually play it? No, I will not play it. Well, okay. I probably won't play it. Um, I absolutely hate League of Legends. Um, If there's anything that's more toxic in the World of Warcraft community, it's the League of Legends community. Really? Um, And that's saying a lot. Y'all got got beef or what? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Why do you have Uh, beef? I'm really intrigued. This is the first I'm hearing about this. Well, I don't have time for all this JP. So you know what? You're going to have to just wait until later to learn about the beef. That'll be convenient on episode. Okay. Okay. Fine. So anyway. So competition's always good though, because um, when competition happens, things aren't as stagnant and people need to push themselves and their creativeness. I feel like Blizzard's got been able to get away with being lazy in some of their decisions and some of their thought processes because it's just them. And so I'm excited to see if this is going to push Blizzard to be better or if it's just going to be Colonel. I'm excited to see what that competition can bring out of both these companies because World of Warcraft has been able to get away with a lot of poor choices because they do another world of the Draenor expansion that's poor only has two patch content cycles which is in two years they pretty much only updated it twice mm-hmm. um, aside from like little bug fixes and things like that um, you know for sure League of Legends has the money and the ability to stomp on them and take control of the market so, and that actually leads me to one last question before we move on is like World of Warcraft has spent years upon years upon years building up its lore. Do you think League of Legends have enough material in their lore to build a successful MMO or is it just going to be hype up from the fans? Yes to both. I think they definitely have the ability to develop a strong world and they've pretty much for the most part done a good job of building their world. I just think that it'll take time. Like World of Warcraft's been going since 2004. So if anyone expects this to be an instant success, they're wrong. But I bet it will still be successful. Probably won't beat World of Warcraft right away, but there's a possibility that it could dethrone it later down the road. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. It's gonna. So what's going to happen is like you're actually, since you jumped back in twice, you're going to get three different sections a voice for yourself. Zach's and I are going to be one continuous section. You're going to yeah. get chunks and you got to kind of figure out how to put them. Yeah, that'll be fine. I can work with chunks. Okay. 
So where were fact, we? <laughs> I was going to say, fun fact, Czar just cut out for about the last five minutes. Did you get any of our uh, League of Legends discussion in there? Not a single bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? You were- wow. Good. Halo, your turn. Yeah. <laughs> We've got... <laughs> Oh, this episode. <laughs> Good synopsis. <laughs> All right, we've got one. Yeah, we've got one more article to go over for the end of the day, and it's a Halo article. Zach and I were like, well, maybe we could do the rest of the show without Czar. What's the last article? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, it's Halo. <laughs> oh, and I don't even want to talk about this article because it's bad. Yeah, that's why I was saving it for you, because not because it's Halo. I love Halo, but <laughs> because it's bad news. I wanted you to read it. Oh, you're such a good friend. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. All right. What's going on in Halo? Our next article is coming straight from Halo Waypoint and is very, very bad news for anybody who plays Halo on the Xbox 360. Because apparently next year, they're going to terminate most, if not all, online services for every single Xbox 360 Halo game. Rip. Rip Halo. And this is coming in phases, which actually started uh, in 2019. Wait, what year is it? It's 2020. Oh, my God. Oh, well, my we're, God. We're 10 days away from it being 2021. That's- oh, thank God. anywho so 343 industries noticed that there was a great slowdown of physical sales as well as digital sales of the xbox 360 titles uh back in 2018 which i mean no duh like these are old games yeah who are these guys who are these guys rockstar (laughs) (laughs) our 12 year old game is running out of sales guys what are we gonna do we're gonna shut down all the online services (laughs) but no this is actually a good thing it's it's a good thing with a lot of salt in the wound is is what i would like to say it as um So as I mentioned before, this is coming to us in phases. So phase one started all the way back in 2019, which was the one-time migration of over 6 million pieces of Halo 3 Xbox 360 legacy UGC data to the Master Chief collection. Okay. So they're, they're basically migrating all of your stats, your records, and everything you've done from the Xbox 360 over to the Master Chief Collection, which is, you know, just a collection of everything Halo. That was which, one step. That was one nail in the coffin. It's just like, uh oh. Yeah. And this is what people didn't even know this was happening. This was just 343 doing this. Hmm. But that takes us to phase two, which is where we are, December 2020. The initial notification to players. <laughs> Yeah, and now digital sales of all Halo 360 titles are halted, so they've taken it off the the market. But you can still get the DLC if you own the games for no cost. Oh, okay. So then we're going to go into phase three, which is in 2021, and that's continued messaging and reminders throughout the year across Halo channels, basically saying, hey... Get, get your fill of all of these old Halo games in because you're not going to be able to play online anymore soon. <laughs> Which leads us to finally phase four, December of 2021. 
Um, we don't have a date on when they're actually going to do this, but no sooner than a year from the date of the blog. And that is when all of the legacy services are shut off. And now you may be wondering how many games really were on the Xbox 360? Like, is it really going to affect players? But here, here's a rather hefty list for you. We got Halo Anniversary, Halo 3, Halo ODST, Halo Spartan Assault, Halo Wars, Halo Reach, and Halo 4. Wow. That's seven major Halo titles that you will never be able to play online services for anymore. And some of them, um, excluding the ones in the Master Chief collection, you you won't be able to play those online anymore. Like I think Halo ODST, I'm not sure if Halo Reach is on the Master Chief collection, but I frequent Halo Reach even still to this day. I love you playing really? Halo Reach. Wow. And that doesn't yeah, that doesn't have a modern gen uh dedicated online service. It's only 360, so I can't call him on his bullshit cuz I don't have an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did for like 5 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> I remember things, Zach. <laughs> yeah, an Xbox remained, and I was like, mm, probably shouldn't. Probably not. Eh. So like I said, this is awful news. This is very depressing and sad, but it is also good news. And this is a quote from the article. Every cycle spent maintaining and supporting Xbox 360 legacy services is time and energy not spent on the future of Halo. To that end, today we are announcing our intention to sunset our Halo 360 uh, legacy services to fully focus on the future of the franchise. Dude, Taps Taps has been playing in my head this whole time. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Man, if we can, if, if that's copyright free, I'm going to put it in. You should. <laughs> In approximately one year, December 2021, online services for Legacy Halo 360 titles will be discontinued. Owners of these titles will still be able to play these games indefinitely, however. Certain online features and experiences, particularly online matchmaking, will be limited or disabled. Okay, so as a huge Xbox and Halo fan, there's got to be a lot of thoughts running through your head. So just pour them out, man. How are you feeling? I'm really sad because, uh, like I said, I absolutely love playing Reach. And when I, whenever I go see my buck buddy who's a couple towns over, um, we always play Halo Reach. And it's gotten bad. It's a good thing that they're shutting these services down because we can't hardly find realistic games anymore. You know, games where I'm not having some dude melt through the wall shoot me in the head with a shotgun and then fire across the map and kill the rest of my teammates. Like the modders in this, in the online services for the 360 are ridiculous. You can't play legitimate games anymore. Yeah. So it's time to put it to bed. And, you know, the good thing is that most, if not all of these titles are available in the Master Chief collection. Yeah, but it, the part of it is just the nostalgia of like getting back on your 360 to play these games. Like that's you're, you're not going to be able to experience right. that. Yeah, anymore. me and my buddy won't be able to uh, couch co-op. Well, not couch co-op, but like couch matchmake. And like we love playing SWAT. We are the SWAT champions, man. We're like full ranked and everything, and we can't do that anymore. And it's gonna suck. 
So here's a couple reality checks. The Xbox 360 is now officially retro gaming because the Xbox Series X just dropped. Yeah. And trying to continue server support. The fact is, these guys are absolutely right. You know, energy trying to keep these games alive through the Xbox 360 means you're taking away the resources to continue to make Halo great in the future. And look, I'm of the opinion that we need to put Halo to bed already. But as long as we're not doing that, like you ought as well make future games good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, contrary to popular belief, when online servers go up, they they don't just walk away from them and hope everything's fine and you know the gameplay goes smoothly no people are paid and that is their work day is dedicated to making sure these servers are good that allocation of of you know work and developers could be so much better diverted to new halo titles instead of you know, constantly trying to Band-Aid fix servers that are over a decade old. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, uh, when, when this article came out, I don't feel like it was as much for people to complain about this happening as it was to kind of close it, you know, close the chapter on the book here. Just like, be like, hey, it's time to stop living in the past, man. We got to keep going with, you know, future tiles of Halo. It's not like, I kind of made fun of them. Like, what are they, Rockstar here? But I mean, the truth is, I don't feel like they're doing this in a, oh my God, sales are down, guys, as much as they are like, oh my God, you know? Well, that's the difference because Rockstar keeps trying to pump new things into their game where their sales are dropping. And 343 is like, well, we have hit all, we have mined this gold mine as deep as it can go. It's time to respectively close it down because, you know, they're not abandoning the servers. They're not abandoning the fans. This is a four phase uh, process that they're going through and they're giving players a year in advance to still enjoy these 360 titles one last time. And I think that's really noble and very admirable of a gaming company to do because so many people, they find these Halo servers near and dear to their heart. Like me and my friend, for instance, like those are nostalgic memories that I'll always have. And 343 is doing their best to, you know, make the transition as easy as possible. And that's great. It really is. And it, it's also a wake up call for me that, you know, Xbox 360 and the play, PlayStation 3. Hell, I still turn on my 360 sometimes. I'm in the middle of a Portal 2 campaign right now, but it is now retro gaming. You know, it's just it's such a wake up call because yeah. we're we're not old, man. We're pretty young and we've been we have relatively speaking, our gaming careers here haven't been going on for very long. So for a lot of us, like it wasn't the Xbox 360 may not have been my first console, but I've got it's definitely the console that really put me in the limelight as a gamer. And to hear that it's time to close the chapter on that, it's sad. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the you're first. You're old. <laughs> we you're, are old. You're it was... both older than me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Shut but, up. <laughs> like the 360 and PlayStation 3 was the cornerstone to what it is to be modern gaming. You know, before that, we had, you know, blocky graphics, uh, triangle boobs and all this other stuff. And it was for the first time that we saw rounded, beautiful, pristine edges. 
And it's it's just really sad to see us having to put that to bed. And I mean, we are old. How many console generations have we seen? Like six or seven, I would say, right? Well, we're in Gen 8 right now, so I don't think... And I mean, then you That's got like, like 900 Pokemons old. <laughs> yeah. That's at least 900 Pokemons, <laughs> which actually is pretty accurate because I was born in 95. Pokemon came out in 96. And now there's what, like 950 Pokemon? Yeah, right. I mean, it's yeah, just so that's the accurate, time. <laughs> All right, let's not let's I don't want to feel old anymore. Zach, I hear you have some hot takes. Sizzle up, up some news. Sizzle. <laughs> so first of all, Zach, we are starting Zach's hot takes from here on out. What is Zach's hot takes? Uh, it's where, like, you know, there's there's lots of stuff that happens in the gaming news, and we're not always the most educated on it, or maybe it's just, you know, it's kind of cool to know, but there's also just not enough time in the, in the pod. So we just kind of tell you some news and hope that you enjoy the news. We need to give you your own theme song for this section. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit up our guy. We'll figure just, something out. I just want some sizzling grills. You know what I mean? Some steaks on the grill. You know? Yeah. Oh, I can do that. I did that for the last Zach hot takes. All right. Awesome. All right. All right. So uh, you guys are ready for this. Fire them off, dude. I'm excited. Among Us is now on Nintendo Switch and Xbox servers. Oh, <laughs> like, dude, neat. that is neat. Uh, the Among Us crew accepting their war- award at the gaming awards. Like, I love this little developer team that they've got going on. So for them to see this game hit a console, that must be surreal. All right. But who else is surprised that it took this long to make onto the Switch? It's such a simple game. You'd think the Switch would have had it a long time ago. Oof. Oof. Oof is oof. right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, my oofs. More on to my oopty scoops. All right. After that, we have Neo 2's <laughs> final expansion. The first Samurai is available. Uh, it says today, but let's see what, what actual day that is. Because, you know, December 17th. So it's it's four days after we recorded this or a week-ish after Listen to this. So I know Neo 2's gotten a lot of positive praise, and this is neat. And uh, it's all PlayStation, so gross. But for the people who have PlayStation, Ew. this is nice for you guys. Heck yeah. And I haven't played Neo 2, but I've heard it's outstanding. Um, to be honest, it's not even on my backlog, but I am happy for the people that like the game. Um, Zara, I need your help on this hot take. Um, Terminator Resistance is enhanced and coming to PS5 on March 26, 2011. Uh, lots of graphic improvements. Uh, fully updated version of the get new game, including a new infiltrator mode. Um, also, PS4 and Xbox One versions of this game will get a update January or quarter one of 2021. So I, I assume Czar maybe knows something about this Terminator game because I know next to nothing. And this is a cool little quality of life update for people who do have this game. There's a new Terminator game. I heard it was actually pretty good. <laughs> I didn't even know anything about a Terminator game. There I was heard they rebooted Terminator the Terminator game, <laughs> right? I think I knew about one on like the PlayStation 2. It was like Terminator Judgment Day or something. Is that what they're updating? No, this is Resistance, you oh. noob. <laughs> Just playing on you. All right. Um, and after that, our favorite game combined with our other favorite game. Um, Cyberpunk has a Death Stranding crossover event. Looks like Norman Reedus is just kind of in Cyberpunk and it looks really neat. I like huh. I like Norman Reedus. I think he's an awesome person. Yeah, and you're actually, you're a big Walking Dead fan too, aren't you, Zach? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that is Norman Reedus is actually another example of, you know, big celebrities hitting the mainstream because he was the star of Death Stranding, which honestly, I don't think got enough praise. 
And walking simile is all right. Speaking of Walking Dead, he's he's in he's in Fortnite now. Norman Reedus is in Fortnite. God damn it! <laughs> they brought Daryl Dixon and Michonne. Hell uh, yeah! Damn you, Fortnite! And um, our final hot take: there was a new. Um, oh, sorry. Do you guys anything else to add to that? Nope. Oh, hold on. I guess there was. Oh yeah, Control Ultimate Edition is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X with you know 60 FPS mode. Um, some people are mad because they have to pay for the update as of the time of this being updated. Um, I don't really care. I feel like the people who played Control really don't need to upgrade it unless they really, really want it, in which case they're going to pay for the update anyway. So why are they complaining? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I'm in the same boat and I am one of those people that really played and loved Control. I didn't understand how big of a deal like ray tracing and all that stuff was until like I actually got to enjoy it. But, you know, I'm looking at the little trailer that they included on Twitter here. And from what I've seen in Cyberpunk 2077, because that's my first ever game where I've been able to use ray tracing. um, It's cool. It's really cool. It adds a whole new dynamic to the game. Um, But at the same time, Control's a year and a half old at this point. So like I'm on your side, Zach. I don't really care that much about paying a little extra for the game. Um, Although for those who are new to control, I highly, highly recommend it, especially now that you get this ultimate edition with I'm assuming DLC and the performance upgrade with ray tracing. Go give it a shot, man. It's a great game. And with that being said, I think that is just about it for Zach's uh, hot takes or sizzling time with Zach or something like that. I don't know. Sizzling Sizzling time time with Zach. Zach. Yes. Insert (laughs) insert sizzle out noises here. Um, And that gives us into the final thing on today's episode, which is game releases. And I think JP, let's hear more of your voice. Yeah. Certainly. Um, another low week because we got so much at the begin, like mi- beginning to middle of this year for game releases. Not a lot's been going on right now, but it is almost the end of the year. So let's see. On January 8th, 2021, we have Iron Conflict coming to PC. On January 12th, 2021, we've got King Arthur Knight's Tale coming to the PC. On January 14th, 2021, we've got MXGP 2020 coming to the PlayStation 5. And guys, this last one got us into some trouble, so hold your tongue. Uh-oh. The Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game Complete Edition, is coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and of course, our good friends, the Google Stadia. I have no comment on this game at this time. So we actually got into trouble because like the last we talked about this game getting a complete edition after it was AWOL for like six years or something and led to us commenting on how we thought the movie was just meh, which led to a very big fan of the podcast. One Mr. Peaches um, emailing us all and asking where our addresses were so that he could send assassins. He said it was Christmas presents. It was assassins. <laughs> and just to reiterate, we made the false claim that we thought the movie was just meh. We actually absolutely love the movie. The movie is the best movie ever made. And we don't have guns to our heads. The best movie ever made. In fact, there is no movie that can compete, nor is there ever one that will compete. Maybe what what was one of them, like Paddington Bear or something? a movie called the way way back it's it's a long story i'll explain that later anyway peaches we didn't talk crap don't hurt us or just hurt czar no 
Now, Zach, Zach actually has just heard sorry. Zach alluded to this. Um, we are planning our cyberpunk episode right now. And for all the talk we've had of Peaches, you don't know very much about the guy, but he will be joining us on that episode to talk about his thoughts on the game. So you get to finally meet Mr. Peaches. And in other news, like we said, we're taking a little break next week, so we're not going to have a formal episode. Instead, we're going to just do a very brief Happy Christmas episode with a few things here and there. So not a lot to talk about with that one. But if that's the last you hear from us until Christmas, we want you guys to have a very safe and a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays and whatever the hell you celebrate. We are out of here. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast, and we'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your Game Tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.